the trigger that made me quit my job was when I knew that I wasn't able to like live my full potential and I wanted to. Welcome to the Freedom Lifestyle podcast series, a series that is so much more than just a podcast series. This is a movement towards freedom in life and in work and about taking a lifestyle you know you deserve. I'm your host, Sam, and I have always admired working where you want, when you want, and how you want. Just like my guests, I found my version of the freedom lifestyle, and I'm sharing all the secrets for how you can too. The freedom lifestyle looks different for everyone. What's your free? You're listening to episode nine. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Really excited to share this one and create this episode for you. It's a great one. I know I'm biased, so I'll let you give me the feedback if you agree. But we have Jacqueline on the show today, who is the founder and the editor-in-chief of Pressed News. They are a digital media company that makes the news easier to understand by being concise, speaking like you're talking to a friend, and giving you context on really difficult topics. I am literally their newest email subscriber, signing up right now, and I'm going to start getting daily updates on the news. If I start sounding smarter, you know my secret. Before we hop into this episode, though, and you get to meet Jacqueline, which is why we're all here, I just wanted to take a second to share some insights with you. So one of the cool things about having a Facebook group for the Freedom Lifestyle community, which this is not a plug, but we have 200 members and counting and you should totally join, is that I can create polls and get everyone's opinion on different topics. And so I'll randomly do this. And I did one last week that I thought was super interesting and I wanted to share the insights with you. So it was, what were your top three biggest challenges in your transition to the Freedom Lifestyle? And I gave about eight different options of suggested challenges that I've been hearing coming up a lot. The first one, no surprise here, financial security. This comes up so much. How am I going to pay my bills if I do this? How can I have a hustle for my actual hustle? Multi-level marketing has come up, passive income. So I wasn't surprised to see that. The next two, though, I wanted to share. Imposter syndrome was a second most common challenge amongst our members. Why is it that when we have success, we feel like we haven't earned it? We feel like we got lucky. We feel like this just happened to us. I think it's so interesting that we all have imposter syndrome. And so we all feel like we got lucky. Yet we all know in the lottery, we can't all be winners. So this can't be luck. There's something bigger in play here and it's it's you. So this is a common thing we all share. Three, the fear of failure. And this one I kind of respect because we don't want to be those cliche millennials that quit our jobs, bought an airplane ticket, get a tan, salt in your hair, like, and then you just go into debt and have to move back in with your parents. Like, no, let's not do that. Let's think about what failure could look like, what a plan B might be, how south could this go. But then level two is not letting that fear stop you. The best way I think you can do that is to reframe fear in your mind. 
and you've heard this, it's, it's not a failure if you've learned something from it. And truly, if you can get that mindset of like, oh, well, I, I, I learned a lot from this. I learned why this didn't work. Then you're just always winning. And who doesn't always want to be winning? And then you can actually look at your risks and say, it's not a matter of what can go wrong. It's what could go right. And then you just compare, how much am I going to learn at the pace I'm going if I don't make a change? How much am I going to grow if I stay stagnant versus what's the upside if I make a change? And if you're willing to invest in learning, then failure isn't that scary. So just wanted to share those insights. You should totally join the group. I love doing quizzes like this. I love getting the data. It's super interesting. And to be honest, those were my three that I selected as well of the eight. So I'm part of the majority here. I'm no different. With no further ado, I'm now going to welcome Jacqueline to this podcast episode. Jacqueline, I am so excited Hi. to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for coming. I feel like I barely know you. This is like our <laughs> second time meeting in person. Yeah. So excited to learn more about you in this podcast episode. And first one is easy. How long has it been that you've been living the freedom lifestyle? Mm-hmm. It's been just over a year. Okay. Now. So I, to be honest, when I first started, I didn't think it was going to go this long. You just kind of go quit and then go month to month and hope it's going to be okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, you didn't really have tons of expectations. You were just going for it and like seeing how long it could last essentially. Yeah. I mean, of course I had a bit of savings to, to know how long I could go. Um, but beyond that, it was like, let's see where I can take this. That's so brave. And what were you doing before you started Pressed News? I was working in media and marketing. I've sort of been in that career for many years. Um, I was managing stuff for Sportsnet and Viceland, so I was very close in like the media millennial space. And what was it like working in those industries? Like, did you have a lot of freedom in those roles? I mean, I was lucky in that, like, in a very corporate setting, I had some really great bosses who gave me a lot of freedom to be myself, to grow. Um, but I think that like when you're in a big company like that, it's just naturally hard to have the freedom lifestyle that you want. You have to be at work at a certain time. You have to follow certain rules and processes. And I think that's ultimately what um, led me to leave. Was there like a defining moment or a turning point that you recall where you were just like, I'm quitting and doing my own thing? Or I mean, five months of moments. <laughs> I think there was a moment, it was like in May, I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, like I remember going to, um, so I worked in like the marketing department, the brand department, but I had all these great ideas for what I wanted to do. And I remember um, pitching these ideas to my boss, to like to all these people, and then being stopped because a different department just didn't want to work on it. And I thought, okay, well, I'm not able to live my potential and be my best in this company because of an assortment of reasons that were out of your control that were out of my control that's right and I didn't like that like I wanted to contribute my best to somewhere and I wasn't able to do that there even though at the time like working at Sportsnet and on Viceland like it seems like the dream and I thought it was and I, I couldn't give my all so that was one turning point for sure and then when I started exploring pressed more and I got my first subscriber who wasn't a friend or family member Mm -hmm. that was another turning point for sure and then the last one was really when I was talking to my boss one day and I was she had known I was struggling between quitting and not quitting and I said you know what I'm just gonna stay because I need the stability I'm trying to buy a house with my boyfriend at the time she's like well why are you crying I'm like 
oh, I guess I'm crying. And then I thought, oh, I guess this is really important to me. And then I never went back to her again. I said, okay, this is it. I have to leave. And was she supportive of that? So supportive. And if I hadn't had her, I wouldn't have been able to. She offered me a lot of things. Like, she, like, encouraged me to think about staying, of course. Like, what if there was a raise? What if there was this? And nothing seemed to make me want to stay. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Wow. Well, good for her. It sounds like she was a mentor and really was worried about you and thinking about what was the best for yeah. you, which is kind of rare sometimes to employers. I was so lucky. So you really were. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like, was it a side hustle before? Like, were you doing both at the same time? Yeah, I was working 19 hours a day. Wow. Every single day because, so I mentioned to you, um, the news cycle is sort of, that is 24 hours. So we had to, um, I would work from like eight to six, let's say. And then I would come home, eat dinner, and start editing until about 1. And then I'd wake up at 5 to make sure nothing happened overnight. So just every single day was, like, trying to do this. And I thought, I can't. This is not sustainable. I have to choose. Definitely. And you had a boyfriend at the time. Yeah. And, like, how Life. were you? <laughs> yeah. How were you balancing all of that, or were you? Well, I wasn't. I wasn't. Luckily, he was really supportive as well. And he also had a really demanding work schedule and, like, really believed in both of us, like, going for going at our careers. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, things had to change, right? Things had to shift. We couldn't buy our house yet, and that was okay. And everything happens for a reason. Yeah, and I think balancing life is still something I'm trying to figure out. Definitely. Mm -hmm. It's easier said than done. Even when you've lived the freedom lifestyle, some people are like, well, I'm working even more than I was before. Like, what is the freedom lifestyle? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's not necessarily about not working or working less. It's more just about working on your own terms. Is that kind of how you feel as well? Yeah, and I think there is this misconception that, like, you get to work in your pajamas and you get to wake up whenever you want. I I don't. I have to wake up at 4 o'clock every morning. I hate actually working in my pajamas. I love working in a co-working space like Make Lemonade or at the library even. And I work way more and way harder. So what is it about the news and simplifying it to make it more accessible that you're so passionate about? Mm-hmm. I, well, because I used to be that person. I never used to follow the news. I just kept saying, well, it doesn't matter to me. But what I was really saying was, it's too hard for me and I can't get into it now that I'm an adult. There's too much mm-hmm. that's happened in the world. You're so behind. I'm so behind. But then I was trying to, like climb the corporate ladder and I wasn't able to join conversations at meetings or at the bar or anything um and I thought okay I'm gonna start to look into it and when I did I realized there's a really big gap in the Canadian market especially for concise and conversational news and then when I started it I realized my I would I was sending word documents to friends just to like test out the idea and many friends came back and said oh you know what I don't follow the news either and I was like, oh, okay, this is a bigger problem than I thought it was. If you think about the news when you were a child watching it with your parents, it's kind of still the same today. Like, why hasn't it, it ha- why hasn't anyone innovated in this space yet? Why hasn't it changed? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we're trying to do. Awesome. That's so exciting. Well, it definitely helps me. I actually went for, for the first time I did dinner with my boyfriend's parents and my parents. And before that, I was like giving them tips of conversation starters. And a lot of it is about current events, yeah. what's happening. It's such a great way to bond and like social situations. So I agree. I think it's really important what you're doing. And it sounds like you're having a lot of success with it. Yeah, thank you. So when you were making that decision to go from side hustle to full-time, like what kind of factors were you considering? I think the two main ones was money. So how am I going to support myself? Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other one was the imposter syndrome. Like, can I do this? And the money thing, um, I I had some savings, so that really helped. 
and then really mapping out the next sort of eight months on, okay, if I use my savings for the next whatever months and then thinking about how I can freelance on the side, I discovered in my career that I'm quite a good writer, but I just, I don't like it, but I'll do it if I I can do this lifestyle. Um, So I did that. I thought, okay, if I freelance for this many people and I use my savings and I can last this long. And so that gave me some comfort. So that was eight to 12 months of, you know, I can do this. And then for the imposter syndrome one, again, something I'm still working on every day. I still feel a little bit of it every day. Um, You have to have really supportive people. And I was telling you today that this morning actually wasn't a great morning for me. But if I didn't have my managing editor, who's like my business partner now, if I didn't have investors and mentors who have my back, I wouldn't be able to get through this alone. So I think it's about having really supportive people around you because you're going to feel like an imposter and you're going to fail at Definitely. some point. Yeah, no, that resonates with me. Like my mom was the original girl boss in my life. I got mm-hmm. to interview her on the first season of this I, podcast. I heard that one. It was so cool. And I'm, I'm so fortunate that I had her in my life kind of encouraging me to take these risks. What about you? Are your parents entrepreneurial? Do they get it? Are they supportive? Actually, yeah, my parents have been entrepreneurs like since I was born. So they've had their own business. Um, and there are a big reason why I didn't want to launch a business at first because I see the struggle. It's not glamorous at all to have a business. Um, but it was when I told them about it and they, of course they weren't supportive right off the bat. Cause how can they, you know, they don't want to see their, their child leave a really stable, um, job of course. But as soon as they got it, they were like, okay, well we support you. They believed in me, I think more than my idea, which is fine. And now they're on board. They're super supportive, and I wouldn't be able to do it without them. Amazing. And I think you told me a piece of advice your dad gave you about the pie. Do you want to share that with us? Yeah. Well, I went to him. I was panicking. I just quit my job, and a week later I found out we had a competitor launching. I was so panicked. And he said, "Why? Like, why? You don't need the whole pie. You just need a part of it. Is there anything you wish you had known prior to launching either this type of business or even just about the freedom lifestyle in general? It's not glamorous. Mm -hmm. I think um, a big reason why I started this is because also at the time I was looking into things like, okay, I'm not really satisfied in my career. Maybe I'll launch a startup because everyone's talking about startups. How cool. So cool. Yeah, so cool. (laughs) It's not. Like, Like, unless you're ready to be resilient, and you're really, you really believe in your idea. Um, it's really not for everyone. I wish that I had known that it's not as glamorous as you think. I think a part of the problem is there are so many cool events in Toronto, so many cool podcasts like this where people talk about their success. And I like ate it up. You know, I was like, oh, there's like so much success out there to be to be like to grab hold of. But actually, I would like to go to more events, kind of like Fuck Up Nights Toronto. Have you been to one of those? I haven't, but you I've heard go. about them. Yeah, like where people talk about their fuck-ups. We need to hear more of those. Not because you want to be, you you want to like... Misery loves company. Yeah, it's, not, like it's that. not that. It's just you get to see the real side of the hustle. Got yeah, it. and I wish I had known about Fuck Up Nights before. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. What are, I guess, how some of the big ways that your life has changed since you've kind of gone into this, maybe the good and the bad then? Hmm. Um, the good is that I am much stronger than I thought I was. The resilience piece is really key. I think when people say, you know, what do you think people need to be um, a solo founder or an entrepreneur? I think it's the resilience and nothing else. Um, so I've learned that about myself. Um, the bad is that there's a lot of 
rejection and that's really tough. Um, I think being, and I don't want to bring this up. I don't know if this is part of what we're going to talk about, but being, uh, an, a woman of color. So I'm Asian. It's actually, it actually does play a role in trying to be a boss. Um, whether it's a societal thing, whether it's just an internal thing, regardless of what it is, it's a, it's a thing. And that's been really challenging. Mm -hmm. And how has that been challenging? Like in what ways is it with your peers, like female peers? Is it with like male peers? Okay. So I once went to an investor when I was pitching and I told him, he asked me, you know, what, how much are you raising? And I told him and he said, Oh, you can raise that in your sleep. And I was like, okay, maybe I haven't been sleeping enough because I haven't been able to raise that in my sleep. And it's like attitudes. I know that's a small thing, but that kind of stuff happens like on a daily basis where you're getting these, like, just like these comments where it just made me feel like, oh, what am I not doing right then? If if it's so easy for you to raise that much money and it hasn't been for me, why is that? Mm -hmm. Also, you run into things like at pitch competitions, there's only a certain amount of money. In accelerator programs, there's only a certain amount of spots. And everyone's vying for that one, I want to be the woman in that group. Mm, Whereas if you're a man, you get all five spots. I'm competing for all five spots, but as a woman, you are competing for that one token spot. And at first, it was like, well, you have an advantage because at least you get one spot. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, if I wasn't, then I can, like, be confident that I'm going to get one of the five spots. And a lot of it is, I feel like, pitting women against each other. There's always a woman's category. But I'm not competing against other women. I'm competing against everybody. I mean, one thing I do do outside of our company is that, like, I I try my best to be really supportive and remind myself that we're not a competition with each other, even if the world wants us to be, and even if an accelerator or competition wants us to be, we are not. And it's really easy to get... Um, sucked into that so I always I try to be really supportive and I we try to feature humans not just women but like a lot of women follow us so we try to feature women um, in our newsletter we try to like really highlight people who are doing great things um, so that it's never about competition I love that I love that even if the world wants us to compete with each other we're not going to So let's talk a little bit more about the freedom lifestyle and kind of your day to day, because I think when we had our first call, I had just been like coming from like a midday yoga class and I was telling you about that and you were just like, isn't that nice that you can kind of do that? And like, sometimes I feel guilty because I feel like I should be working all the time. Yeah. I, uh, so I woke up one morning about two months ago and I was so excited to go to work and as soon as I woke up, I was like, wait a second, all of a sudden this like doubt came over me, like should I be excited about going to work? And I felt so guilty about it. I felt like we had just raised a round of funding and I felt like, am I using investors' money to have fun? Am I just, am I, am I lying to myself that I can actually make this a business? It's not supposed to feel this fun. And I really had to reconcile that feeling because who says that it has to, you have to wake up like dreading work and not to say everybody in a corporate world dreads work because that's definitely not the case. Um, but I do think that there's this guilt that comes with the freedom lifestyle. It's like, I can wake up at 11 because I worked until three last night. I don't have to feel guilty about that. So I don't anymore, but I used to, I have meetings until eight o'clock so I can do yoga at four. It's, it's okay. (laughs) But like trying to like reconcile this different type of behavior, um, is difficult. I think I've, I think I've gotten over it now because it's been a little over a year of this like pattern and also meeting more and more people 
who are trying to, you know, have this lifestyle is also comforting. Once you leave that corporate world out of that bubble, you realize, oh, there's a whole new world out here of opportunity and like a different type of living, a different way of living. Definitely. I think we're so ingrained with the like minimum nine to five, wake up early, be like ready to go caffeinated at your desk. And Mm -hmm. we kind of just made that up. Like freedom lifestyle is a little bit about like working on the times that work for you. And if it means taking a day off because maybe you can't do that with the news cycle, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, because you're not feeling your best and then you like work all weekend. Like that's kind of what it's all about. And Mm -hmm. do you have a schedule like in your week like do you tell yourself I'm only gonna work Monday to Friday so that you can take a healthy break I don't I basically I try to have the perfect day every day so pretty much every day I accomplish work tasks seven days a week and every day seven days a week I have fun too that's amazing mm-hmm. I think I can learn a lot from you <laughs> yeah I think that like assume when I started this startup I assume that you have to give up everything and all joy and, and all social activity because that's what entrepreneurial life is like but Mm -hmm. that's not true Mm -hmm. we can add some glamour into it it isn't all glamorous but I think there's room to add some glamour what about self-care how since we're kind of on that topic how do you take care of yourself now versus before has it changed now that you're really like creating your own days Mm -hmm. totally I write in the five minute journal every day oh that's a great one Mm -hmm. I think everyone should do that sometimes in the morning like I will just think, what am I grateful for today? I don't know. My day hasn't started. I guess my warm shower. And actually, it makes you think, like, I really am grateful for my warm shower because not everybody has a warm shower. Mm -hmm. And it really makes you think. So I love that. I try to do yoga at least twice a week now, which I never used to allow myself to do. Um, And I love dogs, so I volunteer at a shelter because I can't. I can't have the responsibility of my own dog right now. Mm -hmm. So for me, those three things like help like my soul. And so I need to keep those things in my life. And like you, so you said you like have fun every day. I'm starting to incorporate more like social time, like every week, every day, as opposed to just one day a week, Um, allowing myself to think about going on vacation again, things like that. And just the self-talk it, the yoga and the five-minute journal and the dogs like really help with my self-talk as well. Definitely. Okay, so we're nearing the end of the podcast episode. I have a few final questions that I like to ask everybody. Mm-hmm. So the first one is, how does the freedom lifestyle resonate with you? What does it mean to you and what's your version of free? For me, um, is being my best. You know, it's back to that whole, like, the trigger that made me quit my job was when I knew that I wasn't able to, like, live my full potential and I wanted to. So to me, that's the freedom lifestyle. It's not about like, you know, right now I can't go on vacation, but I was telling you that's okay right now because I get to do what I truly believe in every day. Amazing. I love that one. (laughs) And my other favorite question, you might know what this one's coming, is do you consider yourself unemployable now? Could you work for someone else? Could you go back to that nine to five? Are you an entrepreneur for life? Honestly, I hate saying this because someday someday I might need to go back to my life, <laughs> so I don't want people to listen to this and think, can't hire her. I'm not hiring her. Yeah, <laughs> but um, part of the, my resilience comes from the fear of having to go back. Um, and I've made a lot of friends now in the entrepreneurial like startup space, and we talk a lot about how like every day we think we're going to fail and how we think, well, I'll just come work for you. So I think that's probably what I would do if Pressed ends up not working out for some reason. I think that I could probably be employable in another place where I can be myself. 
if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as I can be myself, I think. Amazing. I loved that about the resilience for not, like, you not wanting to have to go yeah. back. <laughs> and that yeah. keeps you pushing further. And yeah. I can also relate to the, what if I change my mind and need a job, but yeah. I'm, like, promoting everyone quit their job? Yeah. <laughs> This was so much fun. So what's next for you? We'll include, of course, all the links where people can find you and sign up for press news. They definitely should. Where do you want to take your freedom lifestyle? Where do you want to take your business? Um, my business, I we want to take it to, we are talking about personalizing the news and how we all have different knowledge gaps. So why are we all receiving the same type of news? You know, how do we personalize it so that I'm a sports fan. You don't have to define what the NBA stands for for me, but you need to tell me what words like filibuster mean for politics. And for you, that might be different. Um, so that's where we're taking our business next, like um, something we're really excited about. And for myself, it's starting to let go of the reins a little. I have a really great team now um, and letting go so that I can trust them more and so that I can you know, go on vacation, um, take a break once in a while, read a book, anything. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I hope you achieve that. And that sounds really exciting about using like maybe some AI and stuff for personalizing the news. Yes. Very cool. Well, we'll stay up to date with that. Thank you for all the nuggets of wisdom. I feel like I need to thank your father as well. I feel like (laughs) you should interview him next. (laughs) He was part of this podcast. So thanks for coming on. It was so much fun. Thank you so much. Awesome. That's it for episode nine. Join us back next week where I will be interviewing Reese Evans, a master life and success coach and the founder of Yes Supply. Reese is such a badass. She is a lifestyle influencer and fun fact, she actually spoke at the Girl Boss Rally in New York, which if you follow the Girl Boss movement, you know how big of a deal that is. So we are really lucky to have Reese on the show. See you next week.